And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. That's right, he is the punk, and that's why he's making those silly movements when all of that muscle is gone after his fighting yes. career. Decided to die. I'm almost 50 What's years old, man. Up? I'm almost 50 years old. You can't keep the muscle forever. You're, oh, you're walking Jesus. proof of that. It. Tell me about <laughs> it. Thank you very much. Oh, uh, man, it's been rough, buddy. It's just falling off. It just, you know, but you know what? The muscle is falling off, but the weight seems to be establishing itself, you know, at a good 180 pounds. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> it's horrible. It's horrible, John. Wow. No, uh, you know, once, uh, once I get fully settled into this house, man, I'm getting back to that workout routine. Just me and, <laughs> just me and the kettlebells, baby. It's going to be me and the kettlebells. It's going to be rough. Oh, but I need it. Get wow. some, get some running. Let's be in. honest. It's not going to be that rough because, you know, you're in control. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> I'm it's rough guys, when other people are not. I'm, I'm addicted to it, man. I like it. Yeah. I, it's that whole like once once the it, the hardest part is breaking the sweat. I no, mean, the hardest part is starting. Yeah, I was gonna say getting there. That's the hard, that is actually the hardest part. Like you know, you know how many times I've pulled into the actual gym and like, nah, you know what? Not today. <laughs> <laughs> like walking through the doors is the hardest part. That's right? the hardest yeah. part. Once you're there, it's like half. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm, look, I'm looking for. Look, this weekend's got some big fights coming up. I mean, there's a couple big time fights, and then Bellator's got a card this week in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, you'll be doing that show by yourself. Good luck with that, buddy. I know, I'm pissed. Enjoy, enjoy. Pissed. Well, you know, they, they had to leave. They had to. They had to take the A team. They left the B team at home this year. Yeah, yeah that's the way it works. <laughs> it's all right. Look, we're having a good time, but we've got some. Uh, got some big stuff coming on. I mean, Vicente Luque versus RDA. Should be a good fight. I'm looking to see if it's going to be a stand-up battle. Or does RDA take that road he's been wow. taking lately and utilizing the wrestling, getting the wins, he's grinding it out, showing what he wants to do. Let's be a, come on. Yeah. If you're going to sit there and say, what is the the most recent fight that RDA has had that his opponent matches up kind of like Vicente Luque? Who would it be? Ah, uh, Paul Felder. I mean, Fazeev. Fazeev uh, or Felder. You know, Barbarina right? also. I mean, they're, they're all stand-up guys. Uh, and <clears throat> took them all what down. What did he try to do? Took Especially him, Paul Felder. What did he do? Take him, him down. down. What did he try to do with? Well, Fazeev Paul came in on last out? last minute notice though too. That's true, but big part. Take him down. Control the fight. Take him out of his danger area. He's not the guy that, you know, size-wise, he's going to be a lot smaller than Luke. Yeah. He may, he's going to weigh in at the same, but he's going to have a smaller frame. And so, and I, I have nothing but respect for RDA. He is a phenomenal fighter. He is just a stud. I mean, he's still, he's always fighting the best of the best. It's, if you take a look at his resume, God damn, the people that he has fought is crazy. But again, he's fighting a guy who is, very good in the stand-up. Can take a good shot. Now it is could be that you know what that that could be leaving a little bit. It could be you know a little bit less, but his power comparatively in hurting people is going to be a little bit less in the welterweight division than it is in the lightweight division. His wrestling, it's going to take more energy to get those guys down. They're a little bit heavier, a little bit stronger. He'll be a little bit heavier, but carrying that weight kind of takes and makes you work a little bit harder too. I just look at this and he has got to get this fight 
to the ground and control the pace and place of this fight to be successful. He has to. If he gets into a stand-up war with Vicente, you're going to tell me you think that this that's the right place for him to win this fight. John, I, I don't think it's the right place, but I'm not going to count him out on the feet either. Look, Vicente Luque is coming off, what, three losses or two in a row? Two or three in a row. So click on Vicente Luque. I think it's his third loss. Second. Okay, his second. Two. It will potentially be his third. So that's ah, take a look at those two people. I understand what you're at. I understand where you're at. He got knocked out though by uh Jeff Neal, who's got power. I look, you're you're, you're, you're you're giving me the shrugs. Okay, let me finish before you, really you go. Mean, calm down. No, calm down. Jeff Neal can swat. And he got out wrestled, but he also got he also got hit with some big shots in the Bilal Muhammad fight. He got out wrestled, yeah. but he got hit with some big shots. So that it wasn't like he just got wrestled. Fuck, he got hit with some big shots on the feet. And RDA is a better striker than Bala Muhammad. So I'm saying in the southpaw stance, and isn't isn't Vicente Luque? He's southpaw, I believe. Yes. Yes. Now, as we both, a lot. As, he'll still switch sometimes, but but as we know, southpaw guys are not used to fighting other southpaw guys. So this may end up being a stand-up fight that both of them are just a little bit off their, their natural game. They're used to fighting more conventional style fighters. Those are things to point out because when you have two Southpaw guys, they're like, shit, they're used to having to keep their foot on the outside, not step on the foot. They're used to having to dip off to the right and throw the straight left down the pipe. Like they're used to that type of mentality. Come back over with True. the overhand right. Maybe hit the body first and then come back down with the overhand right. Those are things that help set up against the conventional fighter for them. That's not going to happen this fight. So there, there's going to be some some weird stand-up exchanges in this fight because I don't think neither one of them, because they're both Southpaw, they don't fight other Southpaws as often. There's not a lot of them out there. You know, don't even are. They are, but you don't always get matched up with them. Now, Vicente, the confidence isn't what it was when he was ranked number three or number four, wherever he was in that rankings when he started taking his L's. So RDA has been there, done it, been through it all, been the champion, come back, fought at 170, fought at 155. He'll fight anyone, anywhere, and he'll take the fight wherever he wants. He's got the more well-rounded abilities. And I get what you're saying. He's the smaller frame fighter. But fight IQ-wise, I'm going with RDA. And I also believe on the feet, I would say, sure, I give Vicente Luque maybe a little bit more of the power, but I'm going to give RDA the speed. And what do we talk about? Speed kills. Yeah, he's not the, the, he's the faster fighter. I'm not too sure that he's going to be the faster fighter. He is. Our, if you saw Vicente Luque, remember in his last two fights, he looks slow, John. Like, it looks like he, the weight that he's putting back on, he looks a little bit more lethargic. I don't know if, if it's just the time frame. I don't know how old he is, but he seems like he has slowed down since he had his big run earlier in his career. What is he, 31? He's still, he's still in his prime. But he's That's seen, unless he point. comes in a different type shape. Hold on. He looked flat he's his 31 last two fights. And, and, and what is... RDA right now. 35, 36 probably. No, no, 38. no. 38. 38. Yeah. But I think RDA is still the faster fighter. I don't think so. When we get out it's there. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I, I, I always look at it, and in this type of situation, when you have a guy, I admit Vicente Luque is coming off of the two losses. I admit that in his last fight, he took a big shot went and got put out, which, you know, no one was able to do that, you know, for the most part up to that point. But, He's got a lot riding on this fight. And RDA is the right style because he knows RDA is going to try to take him down. He knows that's going to happen. But RDA does not have Bilal Muhammad's wrestling. He doesn't have it. I agree with you. But where the he's difference... Got a great, he's, got a good, he's got a good ground game. He does. If he gets to the top position, he's going to be trouble. But he, getting him down, not going to be easy. 
it's not going to be easy. But John, just like the Bilal Muhammad fight, though, RDA doesn't have to worry about forcing the takedown. He can stand with him and trade and then go to the takedown. He can get you to return. So when you're anytime you have two fighters, one, one is a good wrestler and RDA is a, a good wrestler. You can't say he's not. He's a good wrestler. He's not a great wrestler. He's not Bilal Muhammad wrestler. He's not Habib no. wrestler, but he's a good wrestler. And then you mix it up with his kicks and his ability to throw his exchanges in the way he throws his combinations, hides him behind his kicks or his kicks hide behind his, his combinations. That gets Vicente Luque to draw him out. Once he goes to throw, the takedowns will come. RDA is very good with his timing on his wrestling. And that's where he I think very, he's, he's going to get the takedowns. Absolutely, I agree with you. And that's where he, he gets is, the takedowns. He, he is very good with his timing on it because he uses his hands to set up the takedown. And that's the way to do it. And he knows that. And he's, as you said, he's an incredibly intelligent fighter in this game. You, you cannot be a guy that has faced the competition that he has and have the wins that he has if you weren't smart. He's, he's a world, had, former he, world champion, John. You can't say he's done everything. He doesn't have anything. I don't know why. I don't even know why he's still fighting. But I mean, look, he still has it in the tank. I'm being honest. Look, once you've achieved the highest goal and being the world champ, then you like now he now he went up to 170. I don't know if he's trying to be the champ there, but he still loves fighting. You can tell in the way he fights. This is his 47th Jeez. professional fight. You're a good man. He's a good man. Jeez. Animal. An animal but this is a fight that very much intrigues me based off the fact his wrestling is enough i think to take him down off the exchanges he's not going to go out there and shoot raw dog and try and get the takedown he can't press him to the fence and try to get the takedown he's got to get in deep enough on the shots to wrap his hands underneath the butt and then lift or scoop and pull out outside of that i don't see him getting the takedowns like i agree with you but to underestimate his ability to stand with Vicente Luque is 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 nonsense. Oh no, he can stay. Uh, he can stand with him, but in if he is in a stand up battle, the power is going to be in Vicente Luque's Absolutely. corner. Not that not that RDA can't you know land the strikes and land them even with volume. He can, mm -hmm. but the power is going to be with Luque. You can only stay in that dangerous zone for so long before one of those lands. That's true. I do agree. I just and I agree that he shouldn't make it a stand-up battle. But he, I think the fact that he's going to mix it up is going to make Vicente Luque just a little bit more hesitant. And I can't say it enough. We've talked about this for the, since we started doing the podcast. The number one thing when you walk into a fight is your confidence. You just got knocked out your last fight. You lost the fight no before that. This will be the first time in his career he's ever dropped three in a row. That's on Whoa, you already look at the no. top. Look at what you just said. I'm saying it's in his mind, though. You can't tell it's me the it's the first not. time that he could be in the possibility of. Yeah. And it weighs on I, you deep. I agree with you. It weighs it's on you deep, John. You're thinking, sure, man, sure. I'm 31. I shouldn't be experiencing this right now. And that's what he's thinking right now going into this fight. So it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to be a back and forth battle. But I think, I think the fight IQ, and I think when we get out there, you're going to see the speed of RDA is going to be faster than him. Smaller body yeah, frame, generally, is going to be a little bit faster. That small. I, I say their, their speed is going to be equivalent. Okay. I think they match up well okay. with it. Then I'm going to go with the guy with the fight IQ every single time. Okay. So you're going with RDA? Yeah, I'm going to go with RDA. Okay. And I like I Vicente like Luque a lot. I just think that the confidence of him is not what it was when he was on his run. And RDA right now, he's fighting without a care in the world. Those guys are dangerous. You know, he's like, look, he loves fighting. He does it because he's passionate about it. It's not because he needs to get the win. He's done everything in his career he needs to do. He understands, look, I'm just here enjoying and getting my checks. And he's yeah. gonna, and this is a perfect stylistic matchup for him. He can stand with them enough to get the takedowns. And if he gets back up, he can stand with them enough to take him back down. 
So yeah, and RDA yeah. has always been known. He's got great cardio. I mean, I, I mean, look at when he when he fought. Oh, he, yeah, he's look, got great cardio. He's, he's always in shape. Yeah, he's a great fighter. Great. He's fighter. always in shape. Fantastic so, fighter. Right. Yep. All right. Well, looking forward to that fight. Ah, and then Ooh. the legend. Here we go. He's the future Hall of Famer. Go for it. Man, I, I look at this fight in featherweight. You know, Hakeem Dawuda. I can't even say his Dawudu. name. Dawudu. 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 Thank you. <laughs> he's good, and he's good everywhere. Yeah. He's actually got a good ground game. He's very fast in the stand-up. Cub is the more experienced fighter. He's the, the slicker technician. Mm -hmm. But the speed's going to be a problem. Oh, yeah. The speed's going to be a bit of a problem. Dawudu is an athletic fighter, and he's good. He's good in the stand-up. He, he jumps in and out a lot, and Cubs got to be ready for those things. It is. Does the experience and veteran qualities of Cub Swanson, is that enough to beat the athleticism and the youth of Dawadu? I don't know. Like, this is where I'm at. Either. This is where I'm at because, look, I just said RDA was the faster fighter and has a fight IQ and, and – Look, I think Cub Swanson, he has mo he has fights where he has a great fight IQ. Then he has moments sure. where he doesn't fight smart at all. And yeah. even as he's gotten towards the end of his career, his fight IQ is good, but then his abilities in there doesn't match the people that he fights. Their abilities are faster, more explosive, better movement. That used to be him in the Jose Aldo days when he was fighting guys like that. Um, you know, the, that used to be him, the movement, the slickness, the take a shot, give a shot, you know, and be able to strike off, off of his movement. Dawudu is fast. He's he's going to be able to touch him at times. Cub can't afford to make a mistake. And there's a, I, I want to say there's a lot of pressure on Cub because this kind of, if he has a bad performance and say he gets, and hopefully he doesn't get knocked out, but I'm saying like if he does get knocked out or he gets, you know, he gets put to sleep, it ends up looking like, okay, we're going to start looking for this exit. We get, it's time for, it's time to start looking at, you know, on, on our exit strategy. Okay. Let's start fighting guys that are more kind of in our, in our, in that older range of fighters, you know, and what weight is this at featherweight? So this is at featherweight also. So we're yeah, talking well, at one, yeah, 125. Who are we looking to fight? His last fight was, do me a favor, show me his last, cause his last fight was at featherweight. It was Bantamweight, the one before that. Mm -hmm. Right? For Jonathan Martinez. No, that was Bantamweight. It was no, Martinez, that right? was Bantamweight right there. Yeah. yeah. Darren Elkins. And Jonathan Martinez is a stud. Yeah, Darren Elkins was at featherweight, but Jonathan Martinez was at, at Bantamweight. Elkins is a featherweight? Going into it. Yeah. Elkins is a featherweight. Oh, God. What am I thinking? Oh, is this back up at featherweight? I'm thinking flyweight. For some reason, how the yes. fuck did he get down to no. flyweight? No, no, no. No, this, this is back up at featherweight. Whew. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, so he's back up at featherweight. So I look at these... When you do that, John, you're doing something to your body. Yep. Going down to Bantamweight, thinking I'm going to have success, and then now having to put that muscle back on, you're not you're not really, especially at the age that he's at. What is he, 36? How old is Cub Swanson? Yep. Might be 37. I think he's 36. 39. Jeez. Whew. Whew. Man, he looks good for for thirty nine years old. This is what this is what working out with Sam Calvito will do for you. That's true, man. I'm jealous. I'm jealous, man. Yeah. I never got to work out with him. I'm a little jealous. I yeah. see all these guys go down there. You know, uh, what Jonathan Taylor? You got Pico. You've got Juan Archuleta. You've got um, you know Cub. A lot of those guys out there. Yeah, you know? TJ TJ Dillashaw. I worked out with them. All these, a lot of these guys. I mean, that's crazy. But yeah, I never got a chance to work out with them. I really should have. I really wanted to go down there and give it a, a go. Um, he kind of came towards the end of my career. I was like, oh, I had a routine. I was like, yeah, 
<laughs> just, you don't want to ruin it towards the end. You know, I don't want to travel all anymore. Yeah, I don't want to travel anymore. <laughs> um, but I look at Cub. He's coming off the loss to Jonathan Martinez at 135. Then going to the, back up to featherweight. Trying to make that choice on what you're going to do. But putting that muscle back on at 39 years old, it's not as easy. Like, no matter how much nope. you lift, no matter what you're doing, unless you get a little bit on that, which he's not, you know, then Ooh. that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the guys, yeah, like, it's hard to keep that muscle on at 39, 38, 39, 40, 41. It's, it's damn near impossible. You're not able to keep that. I mean, look at my fight against Patricky and look at my body. Look at the way my body was in that fight. And then look at my body, you know, three fights before that or four fights before that when I fought uh, Benson. I was more full. And that was only when I was 37, 36, 37 when I fought Benson. You know what I mean? I think 36, maybe 36. Anyway, somewhere around there. I still was able to keep some muscle on. But once I hit that 38, 39, just my shoulders didn't pop out as much. I didn't have any, like I couldn't see like the, what do they call it? Like sinuin, like the muscles. The steration. Yeah, the sterations of it all. I couldn't see any of that. I was just like, no matter what I did, I was still doing the same routine, still lifting a little bit, still doing the swings, kettlebell swings, Bulgarian back swings, still doing all my all my, my uh, plyo stuff. Just couldn't keep it on, man. I couldn't keep it. It's just, you know, and I, I look at the older guys that are around, you know, I see they were kind of around with their shirt off. I'm like, yeah, I'm starting to look like you. <laughs> You're in your 50s and I'm starting to look like you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see how Cub was able to put the weight back on, how he looks physically. I know Sam Calavita is going to be able to help him a lot with that. Yeah, but is so. it going to be enough? It's going to be. Is it going to keep his explosiveness there? Is it going to be? A, did he put it on too fast? All of those things are questions that need to be answered. This is, this is the fight, though, that you need to use. You've got to put your opponent. You got to put Hakeem into positions mm -hmm. where he's questioning. That's where that veteran experience comes in. You make him start to have questions about. Wow, I, I didn't I didn't expect that. Wow, what what's he doing? And mm -hmm. give him some confusion, give him some problems, make it difficult for him to, you know, reach you at times and things like that. You've got to put doubt into that young man's mind. That's where it starts to close in as far as then they're not trying to be even they're worried about touching and so being as fast they're not their movements not as fast because they're not sure. And I think that's what Cub needs to do in this fight because speed wise it's going to be tough. John, this next fight is the one that I'm kind of most excited to see on this card right here because Doc is coming off, I believe, a loss. And then Khalil Roundtree, pos I think, also is coming off of a loss. The two of them together, though, let me see. Yep. Doc is coming off three losses. Yeah, and three. then let me see With on All Roundtree. of those at heavyweight. Oh, Roundtree coming yeah. off three wins. Sorry, I thought he had a loss last fight, but then I I was wrong. He beat Dustin He had Jacoby. a close, close fight against Jacoby. That's right. Okay. But – um. The power of Khalil Roundtree and where Dawkins is having problems is getting clipped, getting hit with the big shots by the big guys. And so that's kind of where I feel like he needs to make, he needs to make more movement. He needs to make, stay directly out of the line and maybe start trying to utilize your grappling. You, they have a, him, him and his brother have good wrestling, decent wrestling, not Absolutely. great, but they've got, they've got good grappling. They don't use it. They stand and bang. And both yep. of them have been taking some L's because they're standing in front of their opponents and just get clipped. Yeah, but both Chris and Kyle actually have very good grappling. That's mm -hmm. where they started out doing stuff. Yeah, how many times have you seen guys that, you know what, their ground game is actually really good, but as you get up into the levels, it becomes more difficult to get guys down, and then it's just, it's just 
I'm comfortable in my stand-up. I'm, I'm just going to stay with that. And then you get a knockout. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, that was easy. No, it's not. You have to stick with what brung you. And I'm being honest. If you're going to take a look, and if Dave would bring up Khalil Roundtree's uh, record here, Khalil Roundtree has been one of the best mm-hmm. guys to come off. If you take a look at the people he's fought and the way he's gone about, because he did, he was a one-trick pony when he was in The Ultimate Fighter. He was a Muay Thai guy, a one-trick a guy that lost a lot of weight, you know, got himself into shape, he and his brother, and uh, just one-trick pony as far as if you took him down, it was over. Well, that's not the case anymore. Khalil Roundtree, first off, you know, he's had some incredible performances. The one he had against Eric Anders. You know, I don't know if people remember that second round, but that second round was a 10-7 round. He knocked Eric Anders down and knocked him down with power. I want to say three times, had four knockdowns in the round. Three of them were righteous, and you go, God. And it was almost like he just said, ah, go ahead and stand up. I want to do that again. He said, it's just brutal. But he has really come into his own, and he is – the, he's the full ticket now. He's His grappling has gotten better, but I don't know if it's good enough to stick with Dawkus. Dawkus's grappling is really good. So if you're Dawkus, you're sitting there, you go, don't get into a stand-up battle with this guy. You know, he's clean, he's crisp, he's sharp, he does things well, he's got good technique, and he's got power. Yeah. That's not the way for you to get this win. The way to get this win is close that gap, make his arms heavy, make him have to hold on to you, make him have to control your weight, finally get him down, and then do damage when he's on the ground when he can't do damage to you. That's the way to get the win. But I, I've been so impressed with Khalil Roundtree and what he's done since he was on The Ultimate Fighter. He has progressed so far. He's a great fighter now. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree. He's been fighting smart. He's. Uh, I thought he was coming off that loss to Dustin Jacoby, and uh, apparently I was wrong. He's got three. He's on a, a three-fight win streak, and then... Um, Doc is coming off a three fight losing skid. So yep. normally I'm going to be honest. And this seems a little is normally when you're UFC got, doesn't put that together. Yeah. The UFC normally doesn't put that together when they do. It means that they're looking to release somebody. Look, you're on your last one. Got to make this a fight. Otherwise you're gone. So, uh, Doc has got a lot riding on this right now. He, and, and, and Doc is dropping down to light heavyweight. Yeah. Got to see the riding on the wall, which How's the speed going to correlate? How's it? How is his speed going to be going down into that light heavyweight division? Is it going to carry? And he's going. He's going to be a fast fighter. Well, what's his tank like? That's the other thing. I mean, how much are you cutting? He's not a big. He wasn't a big heavyweight. No, he wasn't real. But big. but what what will it what will effect will it have on him? Because losing that weight, remember that's I don't know how much he was. Let's say he was two thirty. 230 to 205. Oh, he was bigger than that. Okay, so 240. That's that's even worse. Yeah. 240. Yeah. 240 to get to 205. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. You know? I mean, he's got it though. You look at the body, buddy. He's got he's got it. He's got it to lose. He's got it to lose. Uh John, I'm just let me I'm my short-term memory is not great. But didn't Terrence McKinney just fight two or three weeks ago? Yeah, like two weeks ago. Isn't there a 45 suspension period? I thought we were looking out for fighter safety. It's not, it, it just depends. You know, he just fought, you know, Sadakov and he got a submission by rear naked choking. Mm-hmm. So, because it was a submission mm-hmm. and there was no joint injury, usually with a rear naked choke, they're going to give a 30 day, but you can get a 
doctor, if you have a doctor to sit there and say, look, there is nothing wrong. I've medically checked him and they'll bring it back to him and the other doctor will release them upon what the other doctor is saying. So that's, you know, obviously Terrence McKinney wanted to get back in there. He wanted to get back in there fast. He was not happy with what occurred. You know, you got to, he was a little bit, you know, you were the one talking about it. Oh, yeah, the fence grab. fence grab. Yeah. You know, the, the little bit of the pressure on the fence. You know, oh, stop. He feels that. The, he stop feels, it. What, what, what? Stop. What, 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 you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't get me back into this fence grab bullshit. A little bit of, the, a were, little bit of pressure on the fence. And you, you were wrong. That makes a, you were wrong. Just admit you like, were wrong. It's like, it's like a rattlesnake, mister. Yes. <laughs> And that, and at the end of the day, that rattlesnake still hurts when it bites you. And those hooks get in there, it still hurts. Those, those hooks, those are, hooks. Those hooks yeah. are deadly. Yes. But, you know, he, he, he did feel that, you know, that was a difference in uh, what happened in the fight. And so he wants to get back in there. Look, Terrence McKinney is an athlete. And it's a matter of when we talk about fighters with fight IQ, I'm not saying Terrence McKinney is not a smart mm-hmm. young man. But I'm saying experience-wise, when things start going in the opposite direction, right now he's it looks like the wheels start falling off the cart because he doesn't know exactly what to do. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, here it's happening again. And he just needs to stick with the basics. He needs to get back to just be who you are. You're, you are an explosive athlete. You've got good wrestling. you got a great you know top game. Just go back to being who you are and don't. Don't be out there to do anything other than let me just slowly and systematically break this guy down and win. Because a lot of his wins have been real fast. Mm -hmm. Everything he's done, he's explosive. It's fast. But then when things start going bad, they start going bad fast. Yeah, let me me give you somebody that might ring your bell a little bit, might uh, jar it loose a little bit, some of this. Who does he remind you of? Melvin Gillard. Melvin Gillard, yeah, very good, Power, very good, explosive, super athletic, super athletic. But as soon as things when started to go bad, when shit was going his way, he making was, bad decisions. He was on fire when it was going his way. Oh, yeah. When it stopped yeah. going his way, he just everything was a bad choice, bad decision bad in the decisions. case. Fight IQ went out the yeah. door. It just he reminds me of him. Now look, Terrence McKinney's obviously a lot younger as as Melvin Gillard was progressing as an adult or an adult, but as a fighter, he wasn't getting any better at it. He was making worse decisions as as his career went on. Terrence McKinney's still young. He's got plenty of time to start changing it up a little bit and making some right choices. And fight IQ wise is what I mean. Yeah. And he's fast. He's explosive. He definitely has power. Uh, he's got to learn to pace himself. And what I mean by pace himself, that doesn't mean that he needs to not explode. It means go ahead and explode. Get after it. Throw your combinations. But then sometimes step back. Do a Michael Chandler step back, step back, bounce around a second, grab a breath, grab a breath or two. There's nothing wrong with that. Look, if you go back uh, to my Diaz fight, you'll see me do that a couple of times. You know who did it the most? You know who I kind of learned it from? Forrest Griffin. Forrest came out to AKA to train for a little bit. And I would see him every so often take a step back and he would like, it wasn't like he would take a breath. He would actually blow it out. He'd go, huh? Like real loud. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he was just, he's like, that's how I'm blowing out my chest. My chest feels a little tighter. I feel like I need to get a deep breath. I blow it out and I, it just seems like I can breathe better right after that. I was like, you know what? You're right. And I started doing that in grappling sessions. I'd go hard real quick and I'd come back up and 
<sighs> I blow it out and I felt a lot better. It was like, wow, you are right. And if you go, if you watch my, uh, the Diaz fight, I did it several times in that fight, especially in the second round. And um, it does, it does help. And Terrence, I think in these young kids, those little tiny things, yep, they got to make those adjustments. They gotta, they gotta learn from from us old fucks. <laughs> they gotta, they gotta learn. Take a little, take a little bit from us. And you know, the guys, it, the guys who need a breath. Yeah, right. I mean, I get tired walking in the damn mailbox now these days. <laughs> I got to stop out there at the end, open it. Oh, fuck. Okay, got to walk back into the house. That kind of thing. No, I get it. But uh, he's talented. He's got all the abilities. Uh, Mike Breeden, though, good young fighter, still, still fantastic. I mean, Terrence though, on the upside, should be able to outspeed him, out athletic him. All of these things, but if Breeden, uh, Breeden was smart, he would get him into the second round. If he can yep. survive the second round. Just just work at making him work yep. in the first round. You yeah. don't have to win it. Yep, exactly. But make That's, him work hard. That seems to be the way to beat Terrence McKinney right now. We'll see. We'll see if Terrence McKinney went back to the drawing board and made some adjustments on the camp. But I mean, you're literally two weeks away. You, you fought two weeks ago. How much could you have really changed? And he was already not in shape for that fight. He won. He was winning the first round. Remember, he got. I think oh, he got, yeah, he won the first. He round. did. He got swept at the end or something like. They got put on bottom. Yeah, he, he got. He got. But he, he won the first. He round. won the first round for sure. But then the way that the first round ended was where it picked up in the second, and then that's when it all went downhill. Yep. So and then that, that's that's if you're if you're Mike Breeden, you're looking. All right. Well, all I got to do is just survive the first round, and the rest of this fight's mine. That's in his mindset. Yeah. Terrence McKinney got to change that though for him. Um. I know. Is there any other fights on here in terms of like fighters that you really would like to try to put a spotlight in? And there is one for me that I want to put on. Uh, but I mean, is there one for you? Well, I think that Josh Fremd is coming off of a big win and he's got some motivation behind him. Jamie Pickett had the loss to Bo Nickel. So he wants to redeem himself on this one. I think that's going to actually be a really good fight. It's a good matchup style wise. I think it's a good matchup. I look forward to seeing that. I think that Jamie wants to keep the fight more on the feet where Josh is going to want to get it to the ground and try to work his stuff on the ground. We're going to see who can who can keep the fight where they want it. For me, it's going to be uh, Jackie Amarim. Like, she's a great jiu-jitsu player. We saw in her last fight. It was her first loss of her career. She's the former LFA champion. She defended that title also. She came into the UFC, had a great submission in her first fight, second fight, up the competition a little bit. Ended up getting tired in the second round. The first round could have been basically could have been like a 10-8 round. I mean, she was all over submission yeah, after submission. Over but guess what? Out. Ch- chasing those submissions, man, get exhausting. And look, I know Jackie. I know Jackie very well. Jackie uh, lived at my place with her ex-husband at my house for a couple months. They tra- they taught jujitsu at my academy that I owned out there in San Jose. Uh, she's fantastic, man. She's a fantastic jiu-jitsu player. She is one of the best that I've ever trained with female-wise. And she's absolutely, like, super aggressive. She's not afraid to, to to take your arm. She's not afraid to take your heel either. She can get after it. She is nasty. She's great at sweeps. She's very competitive. Where she is always lacked. From the moment I met her to the watching her compete all through the checkmat, you know, competitions, at, at pans and at worlds, all of those things. She's lacked in the conditioning. If she doesn't mm. fix the conditioning. She had the problem in jiu-jitsu with conditioning. As I'm seeing now, she had the problem in MMA. She needs to remedy that situation. And I, I, I think the world of her, I think she's a fantastic jiu-jitsu player. I think she could be a great fighter. She's got power in her hands too. 
Um, when she's she, not afraid to stand. She's that's not, the one thing. I'll give her that. Nope, she's not afraid to stand. Uh, she's got great jiu-jitsu, but, and her takedowns are not bad. They're not great, but they're not bad. Well, Montserrat Ruiz likes to stand and bang. She's she's a she's a gamer. Yeah, and she is definitely you know she is definitely going to be trying to keep it on the feet, and she likes to brawl and she likes to throw a lot of shots. So we're going to see what happens well, with that because Ruiz is tough. She is tough, but she leaves herself out of position a lot in her striking. Absolutely, she's she's yeah. somebody is. It's that it's that uh, overly aggressive that leaves puts herself in bad positions, and she can't afford to do that. Now, if she can f- survive that first round, I look at her almost. I look at Jackie almost like a uh, Terrence McKinney. Until you prove to me you can get past the second round, I'm. I mean, like, there's not much I can look say. At it the way it is, yeah. Either you're getting a first round finish, or you're getting a second round finished. <laughs> like, you know, and so brutal, brutal statement. Yeah, it it is. It is. It's hard, but I mean, I'm I'm looking to see hopefully she bounces back from her first loss of her career. But she she has the huge upside. You know, she's um aggressive, she's got power, she's great on the ground, she's got a good look and very marketable. She speaks English, uh she's from Brazil, like she's got a good following. So there if you're the UFC, you're I think you're kind of hoping that she gets a win. You know, you can start market, you know, be a little bit more marketable for for her in that division. Um, all right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our UFC talk, and we're going to move on. Bellator is this weekend in Sioux Falls, but go to OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. We, John and I, are still fighting for equal pay uh, for men on OnlyFans. It Absolutely. just It's just not going to happen, I don't think, but we're going to keep doing it. But in the meantime, what we have been doing, though, is signing or helping to get signed a lot of these fighters that are on there now. Uh, just recently, um, who did they just sign recently? Anthony, Anthony Pettis. Pettis, great, great signing. And then you've also got MVP. You've also got Luke Rockhold, Mr. Dick Slanger, and uh, all the other top level fighters that are out. Brent Primus is on there. I mean, there'll be a lot more fighters joining. Chris Cyborg, she's on there as well. So uh, head on over there, check out their content, check out what they're posting. And uh, look, we are we are really here just trying to kind of help change the narrative that hey, there's sports on this program as well. And we talk about combat sports, and they've got a lot of boxers that are on there as well. I believe Andy Ruiz is on there, and they're showing oh, yeah. techniques. They're doing things on OnlyFans. That's what we're also doing as well. So check us out at OnlyFans.com slash weighing in. Subscribe to us over there. It is free. We're not charging for our page. We're just trying to open up your eyes to some great content. All right? Speaking of Andy Ruiz, have you seen Andy Ruiz yeah. lately? Yep, looks good. 210 pounds, Andy Ruiz. Cruiserweight. 210 pounds? Yep. Damn. You'll be fighting at Cruiserweight. Yeah, he's going to be a stud. He is looking sleek. Look at that man. I saw him working out, and I was like, God damn, look at him. Good for him, man. Looking good. Absolutely. I think he can do it. First off, he can take a shot. He can deliver a shot. And, man, at that weight, he's skilled. The guy can box. What is he he like, 32 or 34 and 2 or 3? What's his record? What's Andy Ruiz's record? His record is he like one, he's got one loss to uh, thirty-five and two. Anthony, thirty-five and two. He's not yeah. a slouch, man. People don't no, give him he's enough a love. Good fighter. People don't. People talk all their shit about him. Oh, his body, this his body, that. He did lay a goose egg against Anthony Joshua the second fight, which just, that's because it, that just happened based upon look. Some guys let that title and everything that comes with it get the best of them. 
and he definitely let it get the best of him. Well, he, he, he went out. He's like, look, it. it's the most money I ever made. I went out and bought everything I ever wanted. I went out and lived the lifestyle I've always wanted. But guess what? At the end of the day, it, it set you back. It set you back yeah. because you, you got distracted from your goals. Normally, that's yeah. a female, but in this case, it was money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so, yeah, it happens. It happens, man. Um, look, he's a great boxer. I'm looking forward to seeing him fight again, and uh, he's a stud. I'm glad he's getting his weight down. And the thing that concerns me with people when they when they lose their weight is is their chin stay. A little bit of that weight loss because you know hunkering down the body, but he can take a shot from a big guy. We've seen him do it. You know, I just want to know if his chin stays. And then on top of that, you know, um, you're gonna be dealing with guys that are fast. He was always a little bit more of the faster fighter when he was yes, fighting he was. The heavyweights. He just had a hard time getting in because he wasn't very long. So um, I'm going to see how, how well I'd love to see how well he does in that lower. If he stays a lower, he's going to stay at a lower weight class. Well, even at 210. Yeah. You know, he's, a, he's a heavyweight there, yeah. but it might be a little too small. Okay. Let's take a look at a guy named Usyk. Yeah. Not real big. No, that's true. Doing yeah. really good. Him and Usyk would be a fun fight because they're both fast. Oh. They're both fast. They both, uh, they cut angles really well. They both fight. Uh, Southpaw though he may have a little bit of a problem with. I don't know. I don't know how he feels about fighting Southpaws. I haven't seen him. Uh, but yeah, should be, I think that'd be a great fight if you think about it now. Makes sense. All right, Bellator 298 is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And like I said, John's gonna be there calling the fight. Uh, with our Amanda and our Amanda, uh, Alyss, our Amanda, our listener. listener Amanda, listener Amanda. Get it out, Josh. Come on. Uh, they're gonna be out there, you know, hunkering down, calling the fights in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Man, make sure you hit up my spot, Parker's. Man, I love that little spot, little restaurant out there. It's yeah, it's a good one. It is good. The service last time took a little longer than it should have, but the food was fantastic. As always, the food is great. The ambiance is great. Small little hole in the wall spot there near downtown. I love it. All right, Logan Story versus Brendan Ward, John. Th there's a lot. There's a lot at stake here. Oh my God, Logan Story. Really, Logan Storley is putting himself in a position of look. I don't know if this actually does anything when he if he gets the win, and I, I don't say that with any, you know, misguidance towards Brendan Ward. I love Brendan Ward. Brendan Ward gets a win against Storley. Mm. I think it's huge, and it puts Brendan Ward in that position where he had the last fight he called for a championship fight. Uh, he wanted Scott Coker to give him that championship fight, and you go, you're going to have to do another one. Well, this yeah. is the nether one. This is it. This is the one. And he's, he, in my opinion, he has that ability and style that he could give Logan Storley problems. Logan is a great wrestler. We know he, you know, everything he did, six-time state champion, all that stuff in high school. I, I've never seen a seventh-grade kid being able to beat a senior. That's crazy as far as age difference, but to have that skill set and be able to do that. And then he went to the University of Minnesota. He was All-American there. Four-time All-American. Four-time. Yeah. But Brendan Ward can wrestle. Yeah. Now, he went to a D3 school. I don't, I'm going to sit there and say, but he can wrestle. Mm -hmm. And his big thing is in this sprawl and brawl baby that's what he needs to do he needs to be able to stop the takedown and make logan pay every time that he tries for that takedown logan's gotten more confident in his stand-up you know he's had stand-up fights with you know gracie he did very well he had the fight in his you know the championship fight against amazon and he was forced to stand up for five rounds and you know obviously amazon won that fight and won it cleanly but he still survived after getting his legs taken out from him with the kicks and stuff. 
And so his stand-up has gotten better, but Ward has power. He's got that ability, and he has that power in his hands. One shot can change everything here. So Logan's the guy, if you're going to look and say, look, he's the betting favorite, no doubt about it. Don't count out Brendan Ward in this. I'm not- Brendan Ward's been counted out too many times, you know, things that happened to his wife, all that stuff. Don't count him out. Yeah, you just said it. The things that have happened in his life, he he should be dead. He's, he'll yep. tell you himself. He's like, I should be dead, but I'm not, which means what? There's, that means that there's something more important in my life that I still need to achieve. That's that's the way he looks at it. And I think when you have someone who's driven like that and understands that like I'm still here for a reason, now I just got to go out and prove it. That, those are dangerous people. Now I look at I look at Logan Storley. Sure, he can stand. He doesn't want to stand with Brennan Ward. He does not want to stand with him. Nope. He can stand with him in some exchanges, and that can help set up his takedowns. But yep. the other thing is that Brennan Ward can wrestle good enough to where Logan Story is going to have to chain wrestle. If he doesn't chain wrestle, he ain't getting the takedown. And that's the thing right. when you're talking you're talking strength and power. Brennan Ward is going to be the stronger fighter physically with the power punching, and I also think with the wrestling. That initial double leg is not going to get it's not going to get uh, Brennan Ward down unless Logan does it off of the exchanges. He gets Brennan Ward to load up and then throw the shot. Then he'll Kiss be able to get off. in deep yeah, enough to get the takedown. But holding Brennan Ward down is not going to be easy either. You know, Brennan Ward's a fucking beast, man. He's super strong. I look at this fight. You are right. If Brennan Ward wins, it does it does thing it does huge things for him. It makes basically makes him the number one contender. Is what it does. Yeah, it puts him right there. It puts him right there because Logan Storley's ranked number one. There's no one ahead of him. Is he ranked one or yeah, two? Yeah, he's one. I believe he's one. Who else would be ahead of him? I believe you. Yeah. Let's see. No. Yeah, ja- Jason Jackson would be the only one that should have been ahead Jason, of him, maybe. But Jason Jackson is right there. But So Jason Jackson would go to one? Yep. You got to look at Brandon Ward. He's going to jump up a lot. Well, would Jason Jackson go to number one, or would Lo- or would uh, Brandon Ward take his place? That's the question, because if I beat him, if I beat him. I don't him, think he's going to take his place. Okay. I don't know, man. I don't trust. I don't. I trust, understand what you're saying. I don't trust the media. Bingo. <laughs> That's the thing. That's I, don't I don't trust the media. So. We we have seen in the media that make the who make the Bellator rankings. We've seen them. The guy just beat this guy, but yet he's still ranked higher than him. Ranked. Doesn't make any sense. But that's the media for you. That's why we're not media. We don't talk like that. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, Logan Storley has nothing to gain, everything to lose. The only thing he has to gain is with a big win over Brennan Ward. That puts him back into the conversation of, hey, if Jason Jackson wins, I'm right there to fight Jason Jackson as the winner. If Yaroslav Amosov wins, they may want me to fight one more person. That's all I could think about. Like you could probably could potentially say Korshkov would have to fight Logan Storley to get a title shot because, you know, Korshkov's going to be making a push for one now as well. MVP, I think, is gone. You and I have been very clear about this. I think he ends up going to the UFC, which I'd love to see. Yep. He doesn't go to the UFC. I wonder where he goes. I don't know. I mean, I could see him maybe in PFL only because of the money of the million dollar tournaments every year, but I don't know. I tell you what, I think he matches the welterweight in the PFL, you know, Sadabusi. He's the guy right now, basically, because you have Cooper's been out. Yeah. You do have Magomed Karamov. Karamov is going to be dangerous for him. He's outstanding, but look, we do know Michael Page causes problems for everybody. Yep. No, he will. He will. 
the, he is getting a little bit older in age, but the speed is gonna. It's still there. He's still even at thirty seven, thirty eight. He's faster than all no, those. Guys. He's only thirty five. <laughs> is he? I, I thought 35. he was thirty seven, thirty eight. Look him up. Nah, I think he's thirty five. Michael Venom Page. I Give think, me a three five. I think he's thirty eight. Really? I believe so. I don't think so. Thirty six. Right, we were both wrong. You were closer though. And he just turned thirty six. Yeah, yeah. You were we're closer. Close. Well, good for him, man. I mean, look, I, I would like to see him head over to the UFC if he's going to leave. If he's going to leave Bellator. I'd like to see him go to the UFC and just see what they do. Him and Steven Thompson. We can't well, say that's it enough. because I want to see him, him and Steven Thompson. That's it. I want to see him. That's the fight. I, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Kamaru Usman. Wouldn't mind yeah. seeing that fight yeah. either. I want to see him, him and Steven Thompson. Yeah, yeah. I want to see him get right to the title shot. 36 years old. What are we waiting for? Let's go. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, you know, look, I look at however it can happen. Logan story's got to get it done with the takedowns and being on top. Brendan Ward. Uh, and this is a five round fight. Yep. So the pace, Which, we, we can see Logan story. Logan story can go the full five and he can go he hard. Can go five rounds. Brendan Ward's sure a dog. Brendan Ward, Brendan Ward. I think he can. But in that fourth and fifth, it's not going to be at the pace that Logan Storley can. I think in the first three rounds, Brennan Ward's going to be a dog. He's going to be hard. He'll be pushing after it. He's going to oh, be throwing yeah. big shots, all those things. Well, He's going to have to learn to fight a five-round fight. If you go back to his last fight, which was, some people say, fight of the year against Sabah Omasi, it was, an out, it was fantastic. You know, just a firefight. But like, he took some big shots in the first round. Both guys put out a ton of energy, but when Brendan Ward went back to that corner, got one minute, he came back, and he was fresh, mm -hmm. which tells you that he was in shape. That's all he's got to do is go back to that same, you got to get in shape, you got to go to hit the gym. As long as he's done that, he's shown that, man, he can recover and he can get himself where he sets a pace because that second round, he took over against Homasi and did a ton of damage. John, remember after the yeah. lighting him up that head kick? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Here's I remember, of course I remember. Um, the other thing though is that if you look at what Logan had to go through against uh, Amosov, the leg kicks, it was only one or two leg kicks that really set the tempo for the rest of the fight, and Logan wasn't able yep. to wrestle the the same way he was going to be able to wrestle the whole fight. So when I'm having this conversation with you and other people in the industry that I've been talking to lately about this fight. Is that if I'm Brennan Ward, I'm taking a page out of Amosoft's book. Oh, and I'm throwing absolutely. one or two kicks because I know if I throw a big shot and throw a kick or if I throw the kick and then come back with a big shot, it's going to make Logan's story a little hesitant to shoot off of that. So I, I could see some leg kicks being thrown right off the bat on that lead leg, try to slow his wrestling ability down because you could see in that fight with Amosoft, he stopped wrestling after the leg kicks took effect. And it was only about two said. or three in the first round. He said after the third kick, he goes, my leg was shot. Yeah. He goes, couldn't push off. I, couldn't, I couldn't push off of it. Yeah. All right, next fight. Oh, we've got Valentin Moldovsky against Steve Mowry. This is actually a rematch. This one happened. There was, I want to say it was an eye poke. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fight was called based upon that. That's the, uh, you'll see Steve Mowry is 10-0-1. Mm -hmm. I think that was it. It was the no contest against Moldovsky. But uh, how does Moldovsky not have a, mo a a one? I don't know. Don't ask me. How do you do that? That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's, Dave, that's Dave's uh, stats. <laughs> um, 10 or one and one. He's 10 oh, one and one. Okay. Okay. He's got a draw in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they didn't have enough room. They don't have that space. <laughs> just, yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about Moldovsky. Moldovsky doesn't have a, a one. Oh. 
Yeah, you would think he would have one. Oh, yeah, he has no yeah, contest. But, he, but, but Dave is saying thing. because he has a draw on there, an actual Maori's got an actual draw. Got it. That's the one they didn't count the no contest. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So, um, I'm, you know, look, I'm a big fan of Steve Maori. His his reach, his height, all of those things play a factor. But in the wrestling department, Moldovsky, I think, is the better wrestler. He's the faster he fighter. The and when you talk but about I'm not saying he's better on the ground. No, I'm not saying he's better on the ground. But speed, Gilbert Burns has done a great job at teaching Steve Maori how to be a aggressive and, and it's difficult for heavyweights because you don't see it a lot. A lot of heavyweights off their back, not real good. Steve Maori has actually got a good ground game off his back. He's got a very good top game. Goes after the Kimura, the Americanas, all that. Steve Maori on the ground is good. Yeah. He can match up with Moldowski. The wrestling is going to be a problem of you're going to end up on your back. He is the better wrestler for the most part. But it's the knees that Steve Maori throws up the middle. And he gets, whether he gets the, the Muay Thai plum and actually launches the knees, or as a guy's coming in, he launches knees because he's six foot eight. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's. Those knees come up fast. That's going to play a factor because Moldovsky's not a tall guy. He's what, 6'1? Six, one? Six, one, yeah, six foot, 6'1. Six, he's thick, you know, but he's an also a hybrid heavyweight. Yeah, he's 6'1. Yep. He's a hybrid heavyweight, so he's smaller in stature. What is he, 238, 230 feet? He's probably around 235, yeah. 240. 230, 235. Somewhere yeah. in there. So he's not a big heavyweight. He's got speed with his hands. He loves to throw. He will get in some into some exchanges. He's got to keep his back off the fence so Maori can't press him there in that Muay Thai plum and throw the knees up the middle. But you can also but utilize, you, got, you can also use those knees, John, to get the easy takedowns. If I know yeah, you're going to throw gotta, the knee, I can foot sweep you off that back foot. You got to figure that in his last fight against Linton Vassell, who is the teammate mm. of Maori, in fact, the training partner of Steve Maori. They, they learned a little bit about, you know, things to do as far as Linton Vassell took his time, very relaxed against him. And when he got to the top position, look out. Yeah. Linton Vassell lit him up, put him out. So, I, this is this is a very even matchup, you know, between both guys. Yeah, I mean, like what I look at though, I know I know Moldovsky's eleven and three, and I know Steve Maury's ten zero and one. I just feel like Steve Maury's that he hasn't fought anyone near the level of Moldovsky. And Moldovsky's fought. I agree with you. He's fought the top of the food chain in yep. in Bellator against some top level guys, and he's won and he's come up short. And he's but he is he's been a dog out there. Plus, he trains with Fedor and he trains with. Uh, Vadim Nemkov, like those are guys right there that are oh, no, no doubt about it. You know, you're so absolutely right. If you're going to take a look at their resumes, the resume of of Moldovsky, he's faced much stiffer competition and come out on top in such a shorter period of time. They're eleven three and zero, and eleven zero and one or ten zero and one is is Maori. The level of competition and Moldovsky's done it in a shorter period of time. So that's the only thing that kind of concerns me. The main thing that concerns me, I say, not the only thing. The main thing that concerns me about C. Maury's, he hasn't fought anyone of this level yet, and this will be this will be his first big time test. But you know who definitely gets me excited though is Dalton Rasta. This kid's yeah, nasty, Hercules. man. This kid's nasty. Now I know he likes to try to call me out on the mic anytime he gets a chance, you know. But uh, I'm gonna give him a little love on this car on this on this uh, card right now when we're talking about it. The kid's good, you know. Uh, I've talked. I've talked to Johnny Eblen. I've talked to you know some of the other guys, you know, at ATT, and and all they do is talk about how great he is. He's a good fighter. He's fantastic. Like he's he keeps the the focus on what his task is. 
And his task is not to rush himself along. He knows he's good. He doesn't want to rush. He's got a good look to him. He's built like a Greek God. I'm a little jealous, you know, but, um, but the one thing about him early in his career, I had made some comments about his conditioning because he had carried so much muscle. And then he went out there and remedy. I don't don't know if he did it because I had said comments about it, but he went out and remedied that. And, you know, I thought he'd get tired in the wrestling and the pushing the pace and all those things. You know, and then he fought my boy, my boy Romero Cotton, and then Romero just couldn't get him down. And then the pace was getting pushed on him, and he had a great performance against uh, Cotton. But this fight right here with Jeffrey, Jeffrey, I think Rasta is the guy that will be able to bully Jeffrey around. Jeffrey's got to push the pace on him, got to try to get uh, Rasta to back up. I don't know if Jeffrey's got the wrestling to get Rasta down, and I don't know if he's got the stand-up to be able to keep it on the feet if Rasta wants to take this fight to the ground. Well, I don't know. Aaron, Aaron Jeffries got a win over Rasta's teammate in Austin Vanderford mm-hmm. and had the wrestling to take him down, put him down with a shot, you know, hurt him and uh, was uh, unable to get back up. Aaron Jeffrey, you know, these guys are basically going, you know, across the street because one's coming from ATT, one's coming from Killcliff. Yeah. You know, Aaron Jeffries obviously from Canada, but both these guys are working out in Florida. They're not too far apart. Both of them have outstanding attributes, and we've seen Aaron Jeffrey come in and do a lot of good things. But Dalton Rasta, at this moment, we talk about it all the time, confidence. That's a confident young man, and he should be because he's been doing everything right. He's been looking outstanding in all of his performances. He goes out there. He starts to systematically take over the fight that he's in and just starts dominating. He's 8-0. There's a reason why he's 8-0, and he deserves to be. And this is the fight, in my opinion, that puts him into that. Now nah, you, you can start talking about – it's tough talking about a, a, a championship fight since his teammate, the guy he trains with sometimes, has that title in Johnny Eblen. But Johnny Eblen is going to be fighting in September in Dublin against Fabian Edwards, a, a fantastic fighter. So if – Fabian Edwards is able to beat Johnny Eblen. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if he is, Dalton Rasta right there, you could put him right in because it's about that time. You know, the fight I'd like to see is Dalton Rasta versus Fabian Edwards. That'd be a good fight. That's what I just talked about. No, I said I'd like to see that fight. Oh, okay. No, you said you would see it if it was a championship fight. I'm saying that yeah. if, if Fabian loses, I'd still like to see that fight before Rasta gets a shot of the title. Really? Now, they've talked about... Eblin and Rasta, they've talked about the, they'll have to probably fight each other if Rasta keeps going the same way. You know, when you got guys that are on your in your gym, the the relationship should be like, look, we make each other better, we get each other to the top. But at the end of the day, when it's for the title, sorry, man, this is life changing money. It's, it's just twenty five minutes that yeah. we're not friends. Yeah, see, I like that. But Patricky and uh, and Satoshi talked about. Yeah, it's just twenty five minutes. We're not friends. We can be friends again after that. I kind of like right. that. So do I. Uh, it's the return of James Gallagher. Uh, what do you think about that? Two years away. James, Ga- James Gallagher is moving up in weight class. He was a bad in weight. He put in size. He was showing all the pictures, all that. He James Gonzalez, his opponent. You know, out of Ray Longo's Law MMA with Chris White. James Gonzalez is a tough fighter. I like James Gonzalez as a fighter. He is got very good jiu-jitsu, good wrestling, tough, will stand and throw. 
He gave Aaron Pico a fit as far as, you know what, Aaron Pico thinking I'm breaking him and put him away. He comes back fighting hard. The guy has no quit in him. Uh, he, you know, he, he showed up at Bellator and took on Cody Law and gave Cody Law his first loss of his career. James Gonzalez is a outstanding young fighter. I enjoy watching him. And so James Gallagher has his hands full in this fight. Yeah. It's This is one of those... James Gallagher's a lot better on the ground than people give him credit for. He is. They don't give him credit for his ground game. And they should because he is slick down there. Well, people tell... Look, Patchy Mix. Patchy Mix is yeah. one of the best grapplers in the world. In 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 the world of MMA, I should say. In yeah, the, in step the inside the KI. He's a fantastic grappler. He's probably one of the best grapplers in the world also for being such a small, like for being a smaller guy. He is fantastic. He trains with all. He always seeks out the best grapplers he can to see yep. how he does with them. Now, look, we're talking about practice. I get all that stuff. But guess what? Jan- Patchy Mix has said he was way better, way stronger, way f- in his techniques were a lot better than I gave him credit for. If you remember that fight, James Gallagher had a couple deep, deep guillotines on Patchy oh, yeah. Mix. That's Patchy Mix's move. He's like, yep. no, nah, nah, I'm going to get to your neck. I'm going to take a rear naked. Okay, we called him the backpack for a reason. You either wear the backpack in the front where I'm choking you in a guillotine <laughs> or you wear it in the back where I'm choking your rear naked. So it doesn't matter however you choose to wear it. That's Patchy Mix. But he gave a lot of credit to James Gallagher after they fought. He said, man, he was a lot better on the ground than I thought he would be. And that, that made a lot of sense. And, uh, but James yep. Gonzalez is, he's someone who doesn't care what you're good at. He's yep. going to fight you anywhere. He's going to press that action and get in your grill and make you fight his fight. He doesn't care what you're good at. He's going to make you fight his fight. So that makes for a fun fight. But John, the next fight to me, if you're a grappler at all, this is like a grappler's dream. You got Islam Mamadov versus Sydney Outlaw. I've trained with Islam Mamadov for years. Okay. Um, he was actually one of the first, he was actually the first, uh, fighter from Dagestan outside of Habib that I trained with. Islam came, came along. He was in there, but I didn't train with Islam as much. I trained with this Islam Mamadov more than I actually trained with Islam Makachev in the beginning when they came to AKA. Sydney Outlaw coming off of his suspension. Uh, but his first fight back, six month suspension, his first fight, first light, uh, fight back. Fantastic on the ground. Good wrestler. Stand up is, is not that great. Islam stand-up is pretty good. Southpaw stance, good good body kicks, good head kicks. Not bad, but tends to wrestle and control the top position. He's got good submission defense. But I'm going to be honest. If the one place if I was going to try to beat him was going to be on the ground. If I'm going to beat Islam Mamadov, it's going to be on the ground. On the feet, he's good enough to, you know, you have to catch him in the exchanges. But if you go and try to catch him in the exchanges, he's going to drop his level, get to the takedown, control the top position, and you're going to be stuck down there. If Sydney's able to get him down and get on top, Islam will have a hard time. Even off of Sydney's back, he might be able to start trying to wiggle in to get to get to a submission. Islam leaves himself kind of in some position sometimes to potentially get caught. He's really good on the ground, but Sydney is someone that I think is a little bit on that level above Islam Mamadov on the ground. The rest of the areas, I'm going to go with Islam. I'm going to say that I watched Islam Mamadov against Brent Primus. And against Brent Primus, he was in the top position. Didn't do a ton of damage from the top. Yeah. Brent kept on trying the same damn submission over and over and over, but wasn't able to get it. And if Brent Primus doesn't submit him, I don't see Sydney Outlaw submitting him. I think it's going to end up being a more of a stand-up battle for a lot of it. And I, like you said, I, yeah. I agree. 
Islam Mamadov is very solid in the wrestling, very solid in the stand-up. Sydney Outlaw, a little bit open with the stand-up, but, man, he, he does sling power when he slings. And so the question is, can Mamadov hit that chin? Because we've seen when you know Michael Chandler or uh, Mosayev both were able to put Outlaw out with shots. So I'm sure that Islam is kind of looking at that, saying, ah, I see where I need to go, and he's going to be trying to hit that shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to two fighters that are undefeated that I want to kind of talk about real quick is Lucas Brennan stepping up big time in competition against Weber Almeida and then you got Diana Asar Asasargova sorry Asaragova she's also stepping up against Justin Kish in the level of competition both are undefeated you got Lucas Brennan eight and zero Asaragova is six and zero those two fighters keep an eye out for on the prelims honorable mentions because. Lucas is he's really good, but he's young. He's twenty one. I don't even know if he's yep. twenty one yet. Is he twenty one? I think he might be twenty. Yeah, he's twenty one. He's twenty one now. Okay, but might be twenty two now. Twenty one, pushing on twenty two. Twenty three. Sorry, three. Damn. Damn, I'm wrong. Damn, we, we've known him since he was fifteen. <laughs> it's like no, but he's he's this Still was a big step up. And yeah. Weber is good at t- stuffing takedowns. Weber is good at defending the takedowns and also getting yes. up to his feet. But definitely like. More of a karate style. He is a um, Lyoto Machida style fighter, trains with Lyoto Machida, understands exactly how to manipulate the space. Lucas is going to have to be very careful on his entrance. A Saragova fighting someone like Justin Kish with a lot of experience, but a Saragova being big power. She touches your chin, you're going out. She's got power. She can land the hands, and Kish tends she to get hit. She can wrestle. She can wrestle also. She can wrestle, but she doesn't yeah. wrestle, John. And she's she's a dime. Sorry. She's a oh, dime piece. <laughs> Sorry, man. It's got, it's got to be said. But the, I'm telling you, this woman can wrestle. I watched her suplex people. I'm oh. like, oh, my God, look at her wrestle. She needs to wrestle against Justine Kish. If yeah. she decides she's going to be in the stand-up, She's taking a chance to lose this fight. But the one person I want to say is really stepping up in this undefeated at the time is Jalon Bates taking on Enrique Barzola. I love Enrique Barzola. You talk about a guy that's just a grinding machine. He is out of AKA, Mm -hmm. tough as hell, always has a big gas tank, and always ends up just breaking his opponent. That's the way he gets his wins. He puts on a pace. He makes you work hard. He makes you work past that comfort zone. And when you're looking at this fight right here, you're talking about veteran experience, a guy who's been up against the very best in Enrique Barzola against a young fighter with a ton of skill in Jalen Bates. We're going to see which one comes out on top. But I look at Jalen Bates. He tends to have a problem with the conditioning because he is so flashy. He is so explosive on the, the feet. Point. He tends to, you know, and so this is the worst type of fighter you could potentially fight at 7-0 and thinking, okay, I can't lose my O. And Reiki Barzola will be there. Barzola will be pushing the pace. Outside of Barzola getting clipped on the way in, I don't see Jalen Bates beating him. I don't see it. I That's see the whole point. Bates going to win at seven and zero. Yeah, Bates can win the you first round. Undefeated. That second yep. and third round though is going to be all Enrique Barzola. So if you're watching that fight, keep an eye out. Don't expect Barzola to win the first. Nope. <laughs> but the second and third, keep an eye on that fight because I think you're going to look at Barzola start to take over the fight in second and third. All right, guys. That's going to wrap. Go ahead. Take a look at what Barzola did when he fought Darian Caldwell. Darian Caldwell out wrestled him, beat him yeah. for two rounds straight, and exhausted himself in doing so. And here comes Barzola. Yeah, he wins yep. the fight. All right, hey, that's going to wrap up our Bellator. What is that? Two ninety eight. 
Yep. 298. 298. Getting close to 300, John. Getting close to 300. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, that's going to wrap up our talk there. But, hey, Dave, what do you got for us, buddy? You got some more action for us? Some news? Yeah. Uh, this one yeah. we did not preview before yeah, we hit record. Um, but it is a good fight. Um, we get the announcement from UFC that September 23rd, we're going to have Fizzy versus Gamera. That's a great, great. You're talking contrast of styles. Fazeev, so fast, so dynamic on the feet. Gamrot is an outstanding wrestler. He gets in deep. He takes people down and controls their position. Can he do that to Fazeev? Yes. Will he be able to do it to Fazeev? That's the question. Yes, he will. Ooh, look at you. Yes, he will. If yes, Benil Darius was able to take Fazeev down the way he was able to take him down, Gamrot's going to be able to take him down. Gamron is a fucking dog in the wrestling. The transitions, the the wrestling, the 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 way he gets in deep, and then he can switch from single to double, back to the body lock, lift and sweep. Fazeev's in a lot of trouble in this fight. He's in a lot of trouble. I mean, the outside of the the spinning kick or he getting okay, hit pull with up a big Fazeev's shot. record real quick. I'm not knocking the record. Fazeev's ranked one spot higher than him. John's trying to make an argument out of this. It's not an argument. I'm gonna definitely make an argument out of this. That's what I thought. Oh, sorry, Just It was. It wasn't uh, Benil. That's was, what I yeah, thought. Yeah, 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 I was gonna yeah, say he sorry, never sorry. fought Benil. Who, who then? Who then that was? Who fought him? RDA. Who no. took him down? That's what I want to know. Gosh. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. I got you. No, you did. You got me on this one. I thought okay. it was. I thought it was Benil that he fought. Who did Benil just fight? Go back, go back. Before Benio fought fight? No, uh, Charles Oliveira, the fight before Charles that. Charles Oliveira. The fight before that. Oh, no, that was against um, Tony Ferguson. No, that was another one. Didn't he fight Ferguson? Gamrot. Gamrot. Oh, fought Gamrot. Oh! Yeah, so he beat, that's right, so he beat Gamrot then. But he yes. was able to stuff the takedowns. I don't think Fazeev's the level of, and then remember, the takedowns were still taken. And then Benil was able to scramble and get himself back up to his feet. But but that's what Benil's good at. I get you, I get what you're saying. I do. But I don't think Fazeev is at the level of wrestling that Gamrod is. You know, I, look, no, I don't. There's, I'm, there's no doubt he's not at the level of wrestling that Gamrod's at. Yeah. So when the fight hits the, the question, ground, but the question is, can Gamrod get that clean takedown against a guy who's going to be fast, elusive, and he's good at mm -hmm. stuffing the takedown? Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this. Let, yeah. You answer me this. Armand Sarukian is a better wrestler than Fazeev. And how many times did Gamrot take Armand down? Good point. Good point. We're talking Good levels point. of wrestling here. I mean, he was yeah. able Good to, point. and they had some great scrambles. That ferret bullshit was going on. Oh, yeah. You know, but that was that was a fantastic fight. But of that, two. Was, that was a close fight. It was a close fight. I agree with you. But I think both those guys beat Fazeev. I give Armand Sarukian's fucking, he's up there, man. Sarukian is he's one of good. the guys that I think is is one of the best in, the, in that division. Oh, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Him and Gamrot both. I think I think Sarukian's progressing a little bit faster well, the, than Gamrot. The, well, the difference is Sarukian's way younger mm. than Gamrot. Mm, this is true. This is true. So he's got, he has a, a, a lot longer curve to play out. Yep. Gamrot. So Ga you, are you leaning with the Gamrot or you think Fazeev? Don't be, oh, don't be a sissy. Make the I, call. Come on. No, it's always me calling not, it out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if, if, it, if it ends up being a decision, I'm going Gamera. 
if it ends up with a with someone uh, getting knocked out, I'm, I'm going with Fazee. But I would I would say that Gamera is is the favorite in the fight. yeah, I would and think he's so. actually ranked I believe lower. Yeah, Gamera's number I, seven. I think Fazee's number six. Yeah, I, I think six, that in six, the seven. end, you watch Gamera's going to be the uh, the favorite in the fight. Interesting. Just yeah, based upon that. style. Yeah, I th- I think Gamera's able to take him down, control yeah. him. You know, as well, once he does and just break him down a yeah. little bit, all that speed starts to go away. Yep. So the first minute of every round will be dangerous for Fazeev will be dangerous for the first yep. minute, minute and a half of every round. But as they get into those wrestling exchanges, Gamrock going to get after it. So, all right, next. What else you got for us, Dave? All right. Uh, we got a report out that Izzy and Strickland are going to be headlining the UFC 293 card in Sydney. Um, what do you think about that being the fate that they're going with? If it is, if it does end up being the official announcement. So when things like this get launched out, this means that I've always felt this way. This Maybe means, I'm, I know. this means to me, it means that the UFC is trying to put together a fight. So you have some obscure or some website that's releasing it. It means that they're trying to put pressure on one of these guys to take the fight. And last I had heard, it was Sean Strickland saying, I'm not fighting Izzy. So that means that he wanted not for, he, not for the amount that they yeah I want to get pe- I want to get paid a little bit more I want you guys to take care of me a little bit better you know and then I'll I'll step up and fight for the title otherwise I'll fight these other guys you know for uh, for the same pay so it's why would I go I get it why would I go a chance to fight for the title duh isn't that what we're all in this sport for but for him he it sounds like he wanted some more money he wanted some concessions from the UFC and you know how often does the UFC give concessions John. Come on. Not very often. <laughs> there you go. Not very often. They're like, yeah, we're giving you a concession. The concession is you get to fight for the title, numb nuts. Bingo. <laughs> and that's it. That's exactly so, what they're going to say. We might give you two more tickets on the two we already give you if you want to bring some family members, but that's all, buddy. We're not giving you. Nope. We will give you an extra hotel because it's in your contract when you're fighting for the title. But that's about it. That's all you're getting, bud. That's it. So yeah. he's obviously seems to be. I feel like this is like a a little bit of a strong play maybe by... The UFC, look, don't you guys can't be mistaken. The UFC, what they do is they do a good job of this. If someone writes a bad article on them, they pay people to go into the comments and comment like, hey, this, this, and this, and this. They pay people to go on Twitter and comment this, this, and this, and this. They ch- they, they try to change the narrative on some of these things in the direction they want. Done it since the early days. Yeah, they've been doing it since, yeah, exactly. A long used time to, ago. There, there used to be what? The underground. Yeah, the MMA underground. And they, they, had, they had a bunch of people on there that they paid money to. Just anytime yeah. someone brought something, they attacked them. Yeah. Like, Man. Phil Baroni was living with me when the MMA underground was was a big thing. And every time we'd come home for practice, I'd, you know, I'd make some food, you know, him, Trevor praying and myself, we'd all eat. And that fool, we'd all take naps or try to take naps and rest. He'd, get up, he'd be he'd on get the damn computer, just yeah, finger geez. typing away. Boom, 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 just talking shit. I'm the baddest man in New York City. I'm the baddest man ever. It was, <laughs> I'm a fucking savage. Fuck you guys. I was like, geez, man. He was so fucking funny. Loved him, man. Loved it. All right. Anyways, uh, I don't know. What do you think of this fight? I love Sean Strickland. I think he's good for the sport. I think he's funny as hell. I think he's tough as hell when it comes to his style of fight. I don't particularly like the style matchup of Izzy against Sean. Is Sean's a striker who, you know, stands and kind of just walks you down, but he doesn't have that dynamic ability to 
you know, walk somebody like Izzy down. Izzy's got too much skill, too much technical ability. His footwork's too uh, good. It's going to be tough for Sean to close him off. That's a tough fight. But yeah. I think I think Sean should take it. Uh, whatever it is, it's a, you're not going to get that many shots at the title. Here's your shot. You got to take it. You got to go out there and do your thing. I mean, can you pull up the 85-pound rankings there, Dave? If you're talking about 85-pound rankings, who is there? There's not a lot of there's not a lot of easy fights for you, buddy, Sean. You know, I mean, I could see you beating Vittori. I could see you beating Cannoneer, but you get to Whitaker and you get to uh, Duplessis. I mean, I'm still I'm still a I'm still a Bobby Knuckles fucking rider, man. I like the guy. I think he's a fantastic fighter. Duplessis just was able to catch him, get him going. And Whitaker started to slow down a little bit after some of the exchanges. He got, looked like he got super tired, super well, fast. Tired. Yeah. You know, and Duplessis just kept pushing the pace and was able to land the clean, hard shots. Um, I don't know. I, I think stylistically the Sean Strickland fight, they're putting Sean Strickland in front of all of these guys because first, Izzy's beaten all of them. But, say, well, Izzy's beaten them and he hasn't beaten Strickland yet. But on top of it, though, is... He's beaten all of them, but then on top of that, is that stylistically it's a good matchup for Izzy because they really want that Duplessis fight to happen. Yeah, They really want it. But I can't go in there and say that any of these other guys in the top 10, maybe outside of uh, the Leedsy, like who's number eight, would, would have a shot at beating Izzy. The wrestling, the power he possesses, I would say he's one of those guys, but he still is not fine-tuned enough to deal with somebody that's so accurate with their strikes when you're talking about Izzy. Is he so precise, so on he's a point? He's a, exactly. He's just right. He's right where you, right where you, he puts you, right where he wants you, right when his fist meets your face. That's where I thought you were going to be. Bap. There you go, <laughs> yep. bitch. Take that. Bap. There you go. Take that. That's what he does. It's, 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 it's fucking very impressive to watch, man. It's very impressive to watch. Um, I think Sean Strickland is the perfect style matchup. For Izzy to uh, make sure the Duplessis fight happens and rolls through. So I think that's why they're picking Sean. Outside of maybe Izzy's beating everybody maybe. else. All right, what else news you got for us, buddy? All right, we'll wrap up on something a little more light and fun. Um, <laughs> not expecting you guys to give me like a serious breakdown here, but Clarissa Shields. What breakdown? Um, Are you serious? Clarissa. She's, she... Tweeted out, or is it X though? Is that how you say it now? She X though. Yes, facts remains. I'll get Jake Paul too. The level of that skill being displayed is mediocre. She wants him in a fight. Be careful what you wish for. No, John. It would Stop. that fight is never happening. It would be no kidding. It would be suicide for Jake Paul to fight a female. We're not talking about like. A world class fighter fighting like the guy off the bar saying like hey, a a male couldn't beat a female. Like that's different. Like she'd starch the guys that come off the bar, you know, in reason though. Like yes. you know, not a guy who's fucking three hundred pounds and can just push her against the thing and start you know, pounding on her. But I mean, she would starch a l ninety five people to come off, you know, off the couch. Hundred percent. She ain't starching Jake but Paul. But she ain't starching Jake Paul. And the fact that this is even being like the she would she would tweet something like this. It's offsetting, man. It just doesn't. It doesn't. What are you doing? What are you? Are you trying to set female sports back? Like if you go out there and do. It's one thing to play tennis. It's one thing to play basketball against each other. It's one thing to play baseball or whatever. You're talking about boxing where females are actually getting hurt. They're. You're. She's gonna get hurt. Oh yeah. She would get hurt. 
and I and, and I don't and I, I think Jake Paul's a good boxer. He's not anywhere near her level in terms of skill set, like how good she is. But she, he is just physically more powerful, and he and he can take a shot, Hold deliver on. the shot. Hold he's, on. I think he's First probably off, faster than her. He's faster than her. He's yeah. physically a lot bigger than her. Yeah. Okay. I don't get it. I don't get the. I don't get the call it's out. Ridiculous. Look at Chris Cyborg, Amanda Nunez, Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, all fantastic fighters. Okay, fantastic. But I can't take any of them and put them up against the LFA champion in their weight class. Yeah. Okay? I can't. It just it doesn't play out. It's just not right. Can a person like Clarissa Shields box against someone that doesn't know how to box and box a man and beat him? Yes. Yeah. Jake Shields knows how to box. It would be bad. Yeah, I know. It would it would end badly. Yeah, it would. It would. Look, I wanted to end this thing on a light note, so I sent something to Dave earlier, and I wanted to pull it up because this is not a light note. I don't want to talk about no, females boxing boxing males. Crazy. I don't want to talk about it. I don't think it's a good thing, and I prefer not to talk about it. Uh, but hey, I, I sent over. You got something for it? You gonna pull well, it's it up? Coming. It's coming. It's Josh, coming. Josh, if you want, if, if you want to go back in time, Lucia Riker. You remember who Lucia Riker I do. was? I I remember the name. I don't remember her. Okay, Lucia Riker was she was she was the bad guy in a Million Dollar Baby. Oh yes, okay, at yes. one point Lucia, Lucia, Lucia Riker, Riker, right? Or was it Lucia? Yeah, Lucia. I say I say Lucia. Okay, Lucia Riker. Yeah, yeah. She actually did box a man, you know, at her at her peak. You know, it didn't go well. Yeah. You know, she got knocked out viciously in that, and it's like. She has nothing to prove. Yeah, you know, to, to sit there and, and to, to to do this kind of stuff, it just does, usually doesn't end well. Yeah, I just I don't want to see it, man. All this stuff that's yeah. going on with female sports and women's sport, I don't want to yeah. see it. There's I, a reason for women's sports, and it needs to stay with, for women. I would like to make one change in one What's female that? sport. What's that? I would like the basketball hoop to be lowered for the female sport, so I can see them dunk more. That's it. Yeah. Like I think it would change the game to make it more entertaining. I, I want to see I, females. I dunk. just wonder. Yeah. I wonder would it affect their shooting ability for a while? You're so. You, how many times have you shot at that ten foot? Oh, maybe mark? it and might. Would would it would it cause them problems for a while? I don't know. But the game would evolve in terms of then they would start tossing it down low more, and then you start seeing them like you know having to fight for jockey for for position for the dunk. Or tossing it back out for the threes. I get what you're talking about, but I think it would really elevate the game and make it a little bit more entertaining for people to want to watch. Right now, we already know that they're not dunking. They're going to throw a layup. But we already know they're not. There's one or two that can do it in the league, you know, and they and they very rarely do it unless they have a clean breakaway to get there. You know, I'd like to. I don't know. I just, I'm just tossing ideas out, man, because there there is some potential there for female sports, especially in the basketball area. Um, what in were, the hell have you put? This up is on the my greatest thing here. ever, John. We're going to Ireland here soon, and I had to pull this up. Irish midget pretending to be a leprechaun fooled over forty women into having sex with him in exchange for his pot of gold. <laughs> this is the greatest thing ever. I said I wanted to end this show on a high note, on a funny note. This, this is, is a high note. This is hilarious. It's like three foot eleven. It's not a high note at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh with the God. scottish voice accent that was great it was great look this is so funny 
How do you how do you fool forty women into having sex with him in exchange for his pot of gold? Maybe, maybe I mean maybe the gold was you know you would have thought, but you <laughs> that you was the gold. You would have you would have thought one of them would have been smart enough to say, "Show me the pot of gold." Yeah, show me the gold first. <laughs> show me the gold first. Oh man, maybe he just put his head down. He's got he's a ginger. Yeah. So well, he's, he's got he's the red hair. Golden ginger. Jeez. Oh, that's great. Look, I want to hey, have a little a fun. A guy that looks like that, he's got to come up with something. Bro, he nailed it. 40 women. That's <laughs> he was probably he was probably still a virgin until he came up with this gimmick. I mean Right, but you, you haven't seen the women though, have you? Yeah, so you that's don't know. true. This is true. This is true. true. This is true. I mean, there must have been some whiskey involved. There had to have been some whiskey and a lot of pints. I mean, it had to have been something. So, but it's hilarious. I thought it was a funny story. I was like, man, how did this all come about? How did they? How did, this guy's got some game. This like, obviously, jeez, he's got the he's got the gift of gab. Yes, man. he, he does. Can... He slayed it because he's not a good looking guy. He does kind of look a little bit like a leprechaun. So, <laughs> what do you say? He's three eleven. Yeah. Whoo, man. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Hey, but Nickname you know what? Tripod. This segment's brought to you by OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. OnlyFans.com slash Wayne In. Brought to you by this segment. Look, great stuff. Had some fun. John, take us away, buddy. For everyone out there, I hope you uh, enjoy the show. Be sure to watch the UFC and Bellator this weekend. There are some great fights on there, and we will see you.